Hello, welcome to Neurodivergent Moments. Hi, I'm Abigail and I have ADHD. I'm the autistic comedian Joe Wells. Penultimate episode, I think, of the of this series. Not I ever. think so. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but guys, uh, we just got done talking. We're not recording this uh, weeks later. We just finished talking to Jenny B. We actually remember the conversation. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was great. I will say, I just want to put a disclaimer out there that because uh, as we were talking, Joe was like, this got bleak. I don't know, Joe, if you're going to leave it in the main episode or if it's going to wind on the pa- wind up on the Patreon. But at the bit where I start talking about how uh, difficult I'm finding my job right now, I just want to say I do know that <laughs> I am blessed. Like I do know that I work in entertainment and I make a, a living doing what I love. And so... Um, yeah, kind of. It it kind of occurred to me after I said all that 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 might sound like, like my gold shoes are too tight. And in fact, listener, <laughs> they are. They are very tight right now. That's the worst part of when comedy is stressful, isn't it? That you know that this is the best job in the world. Yeah, and it's still a job. <laughs> it's yeah. still really hard. Well, what, it's like the other day when I was complaining about traveling so much and you were like, yeah, going to Austria and the Mediterranean. <laughs> and I'm like, it's fucking hard, though. I, I was in Aberdeen last week. So uh, oh, you go to much more exciting places. To be. I, <laughs> Although Aberdeen I, actually is really beautiful as a city. I was going to say, it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful yeah. city. You didn't drive all the way to Aberdeen, though, did you? No, no, I got, I got, got an aeroplane. Good man. I have driven before, but not in one go. Yeah, you, you, it wouldn't surprise me if you, you, had, you Joe Wells, specifically had <laughs> driven because you drive everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but on this podcast, we talked about motherhood, uh, which is something that Joe and I know so much about. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, listeners, uh, I'm joking, neither of us have children. So it was really interesting because it's the first time we've had, we've had parents on the podcast before, but we haven't had someone talk about mm. being a parent on the podcast and it's i think it's a really important thing where like neurodivergence is often like seen as a thing that's about kids so then parents sort of get missed neurodivergent parents when you i'm sure if you search for autism and parents it will be uh advice for the parents of autistic children not not autistic parents and same for adhd yeah and i thought it was interesting too how jenny said when she was like something's up this is more than just as they call it mom brain right after Mm. she had her had her child it's like uh so many people are like no you're just tired like it can't be anything else it's just you being a mother yeah yeah no i need more support no one's listening but yeah yeah. as soon as there's something that things can be dismissed with then that will be the thing why not yeah yeah but uh yeah it was a really interesting uh conversation talking about uh parenthood and uh jenny is diagnosed with adhd and ocd i believe our first ocd uh yeah guest on the podcast which was really illuminating because you haven't talked too much about your ocd you mentioned it but i didn't know you had to touch tables so, so many numbers 430 i'm gonna get the number it's 575 times 10 because yeah, that's how many services that you have on the table yeah definitely cured absolutely no problems <laughs> at all now i remember the numbers but I, f- I forget the um the the like the sequences that made up those numbers sometimes oh that's good i genuinely think that's a good thing that you don't <laughs> yeah, have to hold that in your in head the past. anymore yeah 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 <laughs> shall we get to it yeah jenny bead
But Jenny, thank you so much for being on. Thank we you. appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great podcast, guys. I love it. Oh, cheers. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Pleasure. You get to see the behind the scenes where there's actually loads of stuff we cut out that's really awkward and clunky. So. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I forgot to mention, uh, there might be a moment where you say something and uh, we'll just pause for a long time. We're either thinking or yeah. waiting for the other person to talk. Of course. <laughs> just of taking course. it in. We, yeah. Sure. So we like don't don't freak out if that happens. Good to know. I also have, and again, I think this is new, uh, something to do with ADHD. I have mass, and it's to do with being a mum. Um, I have massive word finding difficulties sometimes. Oh, so yeah. I will literally just freeze and I'll try and think of the word. And then when I'm thinking of the word, I'll get distracted. So uh, you might have to be like, yo, yeah, are you there? Um, I do that as well. And I've just for the first time been watching the Kolminsky method on Netflix. Oh, yeah. With uh, uh, and Michael Douglas and what's his name? Not Alan Arkin. What's his name? Alden something Alden. Yeah. Alan Alder. Yeah. 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 So they have this moment. Or is it Alan Alden? No, it's not Alan Alden. No, it's Arkin. I don't see this is the problem. <laughs> they have this whole scene where they're talking about getting older and losing simple words and not mm. being able to find them. And they're like supposed to be 70 and 80 in oh, no. the thing. And I was like, wait a minute, they're com- what's gonna happen when I'm 70 or 80? Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> no words will come. But uh, yeah, so uh, we talked uh, in our in our little exchanges about talking about uh, motherhood and neurodivergency. So you have one child. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And how Do- old you, your baby? Tell me about your baby. Oh, thanks. She's um, she's great. Actually, it's interesting because I am like very much like, oh, I think she's got ADHD, too. But I'm like, oh, is she just two? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's it's so hard. Like, I've always talked about my ADHD I mean I say always I haven't known about it for that long but I've always sort of referred to myself as having like big toddler energy and I feel like that is what a lot of ADHD is so you know so uh she gets so easily distracted she um doesn't fucking sleep um she's the best she's funny and hilarious and sweet and kind but she is um a piece of work uh so yeah it's uh it's the sleep thing's interesting because I think that's apparently that's related but I don't know. It could be something else. So yeah, she's two, I, and I do want more. I think, but I don't know. I don't know how people do it. Yeah. I mean, does that make tra- you like more understanding then of your child being easily distracted? Because you're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but I think oh, it's boring. Completely. Look at something else. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of my family members get a bit frustrated, and they'll sometimes be like, "Hey, hey, listen!" But it's like she's focusing on something that's way more interesting than whatever you're trying to tell her right now. Mm-hmm. And again, I think this is largely normal toddlerhood. So, it, you know, but it's, as we know, it's largely hereditary. So it could, it could ah. be that she's, she's like me. She's yeah. got, she's, yeah, she's, she's uh, chaotic, I guess. I have a, I have a niece who the last time I saw her, she was three and it's like, maybe she has ADHD or maybe she's just three. Exactly. You, you can't tell. Uh, no, it's like, oh, distractibility and sort of like kind of you know all the all whatever it is however you yeah. define it you're like yeah that that's toddlerhood so um so and you have adhd and ocd correct yes yeah i know known, i've known about ocd i got diagnosed with ocd when i was i think 15 so mm-hmm. a really long time um and adhd only like last year is that dog pissing you off 
No, but we no, should we say... can't hear the dog, yeah, but if it's pissing can... you off, then have it killed. <laughs> <laughs> it might be it might be the best thing to do. <laughs> Buttons! That worked. That's never worked. <laughs> I've never I had someone no say button so, so, so sternly <laughs> before. Okay, well, talk about uh, ADHD. I forget what we were talking about already. Kids! Kids! Kids. And you Kids. have one. Oh, yes, and OCD. And OCD. Um, so, yeah, I've known about that for a long time, and it's interesting because I, they apparently can get really confused. Was it you was that was told, Abigail, was it in, your, in this podcast that I'd heard you say that they thought you had OCD for a while. Uh, that wasn't me, but no. it was probably... I, I did have OCD for a while, so it might be that you're... Oh, yeah. oh really? That, and you yeah, don't anymore? So. I would say I don't know. I had very, um, very good cognitive behavioral therapy that was quite intense. And, um, That's amazing. Uh, I think I was quite lucky in the... I don't know. but in, in various ways, I was lucky. But yeah, it's not, it not a problem for me in the way it was, you know? Yeah. I think it's one of those things, you know, Everyone has some of those traits, but I, between yeah. the ages of eight and 15, had them to the point that I couldn't really function. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think that, that it, yeah, it's, not, I'm, I'm, it's now not a problem for me. That's great. Congratulations. Can I ask both of you and Ginny, I know before we started, you said you don't want to go too detail oriented, but how does OCD manifest for you guys or did it for you, Joe, and does it for you, Jenny? So do you want to go first? Yeah. So, so, so um, I saw two waves. I had this sort of um, the, the poisoning contamination one for a long time. And then um, for back, the, up, the sort you, of... back up the poisoning contamination right. where I, i'd need to be reassured that things weren't going to poison me so if i touched oh, okay. or i need to wash my hands so if i touched um uh a school dinner table that's been washed with bleach so there could be some bleach on that and i could get on my hands so i'd have to wash my hands mm. um and uh yeah so doing loads of washing my hands a lot doing loads of things to avoid contaminations needing reassurance a lot that things weren't so needing to tell adults because i was very young when this stuff was happening um you know oh i touched this table and then i touched my mouth do you think that will will poison me mm-hmm. um so uh that sort of thing the second wave was sort of um i'm not i'm not religious as an as an adult um but uh i went to church growing up so it was all around um trying it's sort of intrusive thoughts around religious things and wanting i try not to have the thought that i wanted someone to die and because i had that thought because I was trying not to have that thought that would sort of come into my head and then I would try not to have the thought that I wanted someone to die unless I tapped a table in a certain number sequence so because if you try not to have a thought that thought comes into your head so if you try not to have the thought I want my mum to die unless I tap this table five times that thought comes into your head and then you have to tap the table five times and once you've done it five times the numbers become more and more complicated, the sequences. So sort of at its worst, I'd have to tap a school table 440 times because it would oh, be different wow. sequences on different surfaces um, and different objects and things like that. So it's very, very distracting. I nearly got hit by cars quite a lot um, wow. and uh, was very, just very time consuming, you know. So I it was very it was very bad at its, at its worst, yeah. But um, I think... Uh, yeah, a few things, p- partly sort of very good CBT and partly um, 
I, this is this is a um, hypothesis. I think that you know I was fourteen, fifteen, so I think that maybe when you're young and your brain is a bit more malleable, it's sort of easier to sort of move past some of those things um, than if I'd sort of. But I don't know. That's just a just a hypothesis. Yeah. Did you ever lose count and have to start over? Oh, even if I was unsure about the count, I'd have to start over. So it's not did I lose Please. count. As if it wasn't quite right, but I could. You learn like the sequences in different, like um, uh, what what's the word? Like so, I learned that where the sequence was often five seven five ten five seven five. I'd learned that that was uh four fours, and then a one was five seven. Sorry, five seven is is three fours, and then I do a four and a one. So you sort of learn it in different sequences, so you can do it quickly. So you sort of get it makes you quite good at maths. Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. Things, yeah. But um but yeah, if people want to hear what I've got, that was my first book was about uh OCD. So Oh, uh, that's I'll so cool. Go out and buy Touch and Go Joe. Touch and Go Joe, that's a great name. Stay there. Stay there. Um uh, for those listening at home, Jenny's um, talking to oh her dog. God, that's that's the dog is adorable. so cute. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. oh this will be oh, the man. most viewed clip we ever do. <laughs> He's got ADHD too. Um, no, my, so my OCD was, is, uh, is what they call pure OCD, which is when there's no outward compulsions. So it's, well, there, there are compulsions, but they're not, yes. So they're all mental compulsions. So it's, yeah, it's in the like Joe was saying actually about the religious thing. So with intrusive thoughts, you know, thoughts that you get that are ego dystonic, that aren't things you're enjoying, but, and they are always either to do on the whole, to do with violence, sex or religion. Um, so, and it's sort of like taboo, horrible, intrusive thoughts around those things. And I would, I'd get them around um, harm and violence and sex and stuff. And um and then, yes, it's the same thing of why am I thinking this thought? And then instead of just being like, oh, it was a thought, it was nothing, you know, you're like drill down into it. And so it's mental rumination that mm-hmm. could take up hours and hours and hours and uh, reassurance seeking all the time. So, you know, like kind of how I guess you say you did with, you know, is this going to, um, you know, is this going to poison me? Same thing. It's like, oh, just, I've had this thought. Does this mean I'm a bad person? Am I going to do this? Is this happening? Is everyone okay? Like kind of thing. But like, constantly and the thing is with it no amount of reassurance can reassure you so you have to sort of learn to break that cycle but because the content of some of the thoughts are incredibly dark and disturbing um it's just like a sort of constant hellscape through your head mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I i really wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy it's something that on the whole is much better now but it, it's still when i'm stressed when i you know when i'm tired and sleep deprived which happens a lot as a mum um it can spike quite badly um but yeah and and I think it's not they they say on the whole it doesn't tend to go away so I guess you know you being a teenager was or a child was probably like you say quite lucky um but yeah so it's just something that I've had to live with so but they say you know because you have racing thoughts and things like that there are some similarities between OCD and ADHD so they can misdiagnose apparently Mm -hmm. quite a lot um so yeah um and actually someone said to me if you you're lucky you had your OCD diagnosis first because you otherwise it could have been missed basically Mm. I think that's what happened because they just go it's just ADHD that's what what they're like yeah yeah but then similarly I think a lot of me not realizing I had ADHD for as long as I did was because I put down a lot of things to OCD yeah 
So it's they say it's quite a tricky crossover in some ways, but quite common, I think. Yeah, yeah Joe, I said I, I've had there's a so I'm not just going to plug my book this whole podcast, but a, a there was a new edition that came out a couple of years ago. Ooh. And um, I read it back it was written when I was when I was sort of 15, 16. And you, a, um, you wrote a book at 15, 16. Yeah, I'm a child prodigy. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know you wrote God. it then. I thought you wrote yeah. it a couple You Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> that is um, But there was a new edition that came out and um Read about this. There's like really clear autistic things in there. I talk about a lot, not making eye contact, finding social things very difficult. And I think I put it down to um, the fact that having OCD can also take you out from when you're, particularly when you're young, take you out from society a lot. I wasn't like talking to people and sort of have those normal social interactions. So I sort of attributed it a lot of it to sort of, um, yeah, not the fact that I hadn't been, you know, having quote-unquote normal interactions with friends because I'd been sort of doing these things in my head and going yeah. and that taking up all my time it's just so time-consuming OCD I don't know if it's the same for you I just feel that yeah. it's um what like people talk about like like OCD isn't this like really like day-to-day it's not this horrible like traumatic thing but it's this just like boring time for me it was this boring right. time-consuming thing of going I've got to do this I've got to have this it may be different for you if they're particularly sort of extreme thoughts yeah. but um for me, it was just this sort of really time-consuming thing of I've got to, I've got to tap this table a hundred times or, or hundreds yeah. of times. Yeah, I think no matter the content, yeah, the, the amount that you spent thinking about it is such a waste of time, such a waste of energy because all the things you're worried about aren't real. Basically, you know, they're not hmm. anything that you think in OCD on the whole is never going to happen. Um, it's you know, so so it's there's a, the, even now as a mum, I find myself. As a mum, I didn't mean that, even now. But like, I guess, yeah, with a family, when I'm like, I want to try and be in the moment and focus more, I'm like, it annoys me so much when it's like, I am worrying about some shit that just doesn't matter, that's not real effectively. And that's taking time away from, you know, my daughter and my work and stuff. Like, yeah, I will be, I will zone out a lot. And it can sometimes be an ADHD thing. And sometimes it's because I'm doing mental gymnastics in my head to try and prove that a thought I have doesn't mean something terrible is going to happen. So, yeah. yeah, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. And I feel like I've always said, I feel like people with OCD need more sleep. Um, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's true. Oh, my God. He's just gone back in there and he's going to start barking in it. I'm so sorry. Well, or or <laughs> maybe he got all the attention he wanted and now he'll be fine. He's barking yeah. again. He is. But again, it's like, it's guess, I guess it's kind of symbolic of my OCD. Like I have all these horrendous thoughts, like screaming <laughs> at me. And I would just have to be like, no, you have to be normal right now and talk to people. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I'm used thoughts. to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and you said uh, in your email that when you, was it when you got pregnant or when you had your child, your uh, your symptoms, your neurodivergent symptoms increased, became greater? Yeah, definitely. So I'm trying to think when I was, maybe when I was pregnant, I've been, I've been thinking I had ADHD for a while. I kind of, I spoke, to, I didn't know anything about ADHD and I went to stay with a friend of mine in LA and her husband has it. He's like, he was a five-year-old man and he was talking about it. And at the beginning, I was like, Oh my gosh, it, the lengths that men will go to to like not have responsibility to, for their behavior. <laughs> well done. Great. Like, great. But then I, as I was listening, I was like, oh, oh, because he says, 
when you sound you seem like me i think i would be i wouldn't be surprised if you had this and and as we talked more about it i was like oh my god this is like the missing piece of the jigsaw that makes sense of my entire life and so i went home and i asked to get referred on the nhs and then i was on a waiting list for i think two and a half years wow um and then when i had my daughter like lack of sleep and this mum brain and you know crazy hormones anyway I think make you it makes it hard to function but it was like going beyond that it was just like I like I was doing mad stuff and I couldn't focus and everything was so stressful and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't go about my day basically and I suddenly was like you know what I think this is I think this could be an ADHD thing and then so then I went and got a private diagnosis um and they're like yeah and um I still this was last February I still haven't got around to trying drugs because I um have to, you know what it's like you have to do tests and then that sort of thing and go to the doctor and I just it's just taken me a year to sort out some blood tests um so it's annoying because I know they could probably help but again actually this is where the crossover ADHD and OCD is tricky they say the med the medication that you take for ADHD so Whereas, you know, whereas it, it sort of focuses your thoughts, right? And you sort of get clarity of thought and you can zone in on what's important. What can happen is That's that... a myth, by the way. You zone is in it? not always on what's important. Is it? Oh, no, okay. Like, it helps. It helps. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm a very big fan of ADHD meds. But I also come with a caveat of it doesn't solve everything. Okay, good to know. That is good to know. Well, they say what could happen is that it could my the thing that could become really focused is the obsession the obsessive thoughts so it could be like I could be lot it could make my OCD a lot worse which is why it's kind of risky but only for a day right you can work out if um if it's going to be bad for you I think pretty quickly so yes I'm looking forward to trying it yeah it's interesting my partner is ADHD and autistic and we're uh, we both take medication is whereas I started taking the meds and Tom is like, it's a night and day difference of who really? you are as a person for him. It, it's not having as an immediate and positive effect. And he said, sometimes he feels like his ADHD meds quiet, the ADHD side of his brain. And then all of the autism just the autism. bubbles to the surface. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cause there's nothing. Oh, but there's nothing you do if you're autistic, right? They don't, you don't take stuff in the same mm-hmm. way you do for I ADHD. mean, there is stuff, but it's all dodgy. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> right. The, the, I mean, there's many people who will say EQs and things like that, but but the, our, our view of the Neurodivergent Moments podcast is no, there isn't a medication. Good to know. Good to yeah. know. I, mem- I remember I was talking, I was thinking about, um, not therapists, but like kind of coaching. And I looked around and I did, a couple of people were like, oh, we can we can actually cure this ADHD. And I was like, this seems mad. And I didn't I just felt it was a bit maybe lived at the same place as that. Like just I've not ne- I'd not heard of that before. But they're yeah. like, yeah, we can program it out of you. There's so much dodgy stuff. I, I get so many like emails and things for like, will you like do something for this organization? And like and then they're always like really fucking shady. Um yeah. But they've learned the words now. They've learned the word neurodiversity. Oh. So I'll get the email through and be like, hey, we're like promoting neurodiversity. It's like, no, you're not. You're you're selling some really dodgy snake oil stuff. 
It's yeah. so horrible. It's so horrible that that happens. It happens with OCD all the time as well. People are like, we can cure you. And then, you know, when people, you're when you're desperate, you, you'll mm. throw what little money you might have left at something that's like, yeah, great, make me feel better. And it's just, it's just a lie. Sorry, I just remember this is also supposed to be a comedy podcast. And <laughs> I'm like, the state of the world today. <laughs> Why are people so dishonest? No, it, uh, it, we let the conversation go where it goes. So don't, don't worry too much about being funny all the time. It'll happen because we're all comedians. So someone sure. will say something random eventually. <laughs> yeah, we'll get a I laugh. I with OCD, a lot of the sort of the mainstream stuff that does have the clinical evidence behind it often doesn't work well for people or is difficult. Things like cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, that's where the evidence base is. But also, I know there's lots of people who try that sort of stuff and it's just not working for them. So I think you can see why people would. Um... And there's also stuff that there isn't the money in research. So there's stuff yeah, that it's very might work, but hasn't been researched properly. So, yeah. you know, it's, it must be really difficult to sort of um, to take apart what's 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 legit and what's not. Yeah. I mean, I've done CBT and ERP, which is kind of what they say the best thing is for OCD. Mm. I'm just talking in letters now. Um, and I... Yeah, and it, it is helpful. The thing is, it is quite a lot of work. It is quite mm. a lot of almost like organisation, which you know it, I'm not great at. <laughs> so in terms of in terms of sort of sticking to it, I, I, I'm not. I let myself off the hook too much with it. I think I'd rather just pretend it's not there sometimes. Uh, but I've been on meds for it for twenty years, maybe, and I find them super helpful. Yeah, they kind of just quiet down the madness. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I have so, a question. About, oh, sorry. Go. On. Sorry, but that's what ADHD meds will do. It'll right. Quiet okay. it down. It won't fix everything. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean. So yeah, just if you're wondering what it feels like. Yeah, I always say it with those do. I always feel like it's like it just levels you. Like with the thoughts, sometimes you can dip so far down, mm-hmm. and it just kind of keeps you. You just don't go. You, it's like you're teetering on the edge, but you don't fall in. So, yeah. You know. It just sort of keeps you on a slightly higher surface. That makes sense. Thanks. <laughs> kind of like antidepressants. That's how I feel. They are antidepressants. Anti- yeah. Oh, well, that that would be yeah. why. I was yeah. like, that's how I feel when I'm Sorry, on yeah. antidepressants. Yeah, they're fluoxetine. So they're particularly good for obsessive thoughts, apparently. Oh. So that's so Prozac is often just uh, prescribed for OCD. Oh. And it's, yeah, it's exactly that. It's just sort of, yeah, I should have led with that. Sorry. <laughs> no uh, Joe, you had a question? I had a good question about about having a baby, oh, and because yeah. um, with I don't have a baby, but it is yeah. a sort of discussion over the next few years that we may have a baby. Um, oh, and, I didn't uh, know that. We um, huge. <laughs> well, my my wife is ADHD, so like oh. it's is that like because she likes things where like the the task has to be done now. Like if there's someone in front of you watching the like um, like I think she struggles with things where it's like it's got to be done at some point. Yeah, like a baby screams at you until you do what it needs you to do. Is that helpful? It is. It is. That's the thing. So, like, with it is helpful in like that's why I think people with ADHD, you're you, you're good mums or or you're good parents because you you deal with what's in front. You know, it's the now and not now thing, and so everything is like, right, what's the most important thing in front of me? I will do that and can forget everything else. Well, no, that's not actually always true, but it's what's the most immediate what's the loudest thing in front of me is sort of where I tend to go and it will be a baby on the whole so yeah you 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 deal with that you feed it you make sure the baby's happy um I don't 
I don't tend to, I haven't yet like got distracted with other things to be like, oh my God, I forgot to <laughs> feed the child or whatever. Um, although saying that more and more now as she's getting older and I guess I have less of that newborn fear, um, I'm terrified of leaving her somewhere because, you know, like I lose things all the time and I've, I've lost things in like on buses and trains and left things on them all the time. And, and there's like deep down, I think a constant fear that I'm going to leave her somewhere, um, which is, which is terrifying. That is terrifying, but I would also, and again, not a mother don't plan to be one, <laughs> sure. but uh, I will say at the age she is now, she can't call out. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, and she does. If you if walk she gets off from the bus, bus is her own fault, <laughs> <I would say. laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, she would. Uh, she'd let me know. Um, but certainly, things like I remember when when I first started being like, "This is uh, when she was like maybe six months old," and I was like, "Why am I struggling so much?" And my partner uh, was working away as well, so I was sort of solo parenting during the week, Monday to Friday, mm. which was hard because you know what it's like when you when you've got ADHD, you just getting through the day is quite tough when you're a parent and when they're that young and I mean still however long that carries on for you are basically living their day for them as well Mm -hmm. you know so you have to you have to keep on top of two it's like you're having two days for two people so it's just double as hard um and I remember just being like why can't I you know all I had to do is like maybe take her to a swimming class and like also I didn't you know Newborn children are actually really easy to take care of because all they want is food and sleep. But this is the other thing as well. Like they, they're, they're not for a long time. They're not interesting. And so I felt like I was going out my mind a bit at home. Like she's adorable and lovely and you can look at her for ages, but also you get to a point where you're like, I need to do something. So I kept going to all these classes and just like just going, just having to get to a swimming lesson or something and back around like the nap schedule and we I'm not a scheduled person at all she wasn't because it it just I was just like just sleep when you want to sleep um which was never um and she um yeah so it's just it was just like a lot just trying to get from one place to another and just like this is this is this is too hard and when you're trying to break it down and, and explain to someone, you they'll be like what's hard about it and you're like yeah I don't know actually do you know what I mean like when you when you spell it out when you write it down you're not doing anything but it's just keeping them alive, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a, a, a lot of pressure on parents to do a lot of stuff with their kids. I, I can understand how it'd be hard to get a kid to a swimming lesson because it's not like you can just take the kid and go. You have to take the kid and the bag and the nappies and the oh my God, the, yeah. the, the little like bag of snacks and the... Her her blankie and her you know, she <laughs> yeah. doesn't like that blankie this week. Now she likes the lammy and all yeah. that stuff. This is what I hear. This is what I hear. Yeah, there's blankies and lammies a lot. Yeah, uh, I'm just learning yeah. about baby swimming lessons. Do they, oh, is that is that a thing? Oh, it's adorable. Okay. Yeah, because it's like something they could do really early. I think we took it like eight weeks. Oh. But like they, you stick them in the pool and it's really sweet. They just sort of. Like obviously you hold on to them but then they're like okay and let go and you're like no what and they're like yeah let go and they sort of just go underwater and then you pick them up after about 10 seconds and they're like oh i bet it's like a natural thing for them to hold their breath underwater yeah yeah Yeah. exactly and the same with so some apparently i didn't go to one of these classes but they're like yeah just throw the baby in and you're like what no they're like they'll learn how to they'll learn how to live (laughs) 
Uh, and what do you mean by throw as well? <laughs> yeah, you're like, <laughs> like, there's a catapult at the side and you just pop it in. No, but yeah, just like th- little things like having just trying to, just trying to do any, like, and I think a lot of people will say as well, like, everyone's like, oh, but that's just, you know, being a parent is hard and they've always got stuff and, you know, everyone's got mum brain and they're, you know, and you have got this huge influx of hormones, particularly if you're breastfeeding and that's, so the hormones stick around for a long time. Um, so I think for a long time when I was like, I'm not functioning here, a lot of people were like, oh no, that's normal. That's just what being a mum is. So I think it took a little bit longer for me to go, no, this is something else as well. But yes, in answer to your question, Joe, uh, I'd say it is quite helpful to have <laughs> a baby um, just constantly demand attention because you it's very hard to, it sort of keeps you mindful, I guess. Was there a certain moment or tipping point when you were like, this is definitely more than mom brain when everyone was like, you're fine, you're fine. Of course, you're tired. Yeah. Was there a moment where you were like, I don't know, was, I feel like talking like in Alcohol Anonymous when they talk about rock bottom. You're rock bottom. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> was there a rock bottom? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Can't um, wait till your kid's old enough to listen to this. I can't wait either. <laughs> She's going to absolutely love it. Um, no, I, yeah, probably, yeah. I remember there's one night and I was staying at my mum and dad's because I was just like, I can't, I need some sleep. I need some more adults on hand here. And I was like so sleep deprived, but I couldn't sleep because in my head I'm going, okay, and then tomorrow you've got to do this and then you've got to do this and you've got to do this. And oh my God, what's about this? And all this stuff that's like not important particularly potentially um and I was like wired like I just couldn't sleep and I think as well this whole time I hadn't gone back to work you know I hadn't been gigging or anything so like I felt like I I was frustrated this whole time that sorry I've just realized this makes me sound like I hate being a mom I absolutely don't I love it um but I was also really frustrated that I was like not doing what you know you know what it's like I think ADHD people are very creative and so if you're not doing the thing that you're you're if you're not using your outlet then there's a lot of pent up frustration. Uh, and I was just like, I remember I was in bed and I called my partner and I was just like, this, th- no, this isn't, this can't be right. And I, I, and then I went on the, on a website and I just was like, how much do you want for, a, for a private appointment? Jesus. Okay. And, <laughs> and yeah. And I was lucky enough that, um, that, that I had it there. Um, I'd just done a voice. I just got paid for a voiceover. Um, so I was like, yeah, that's, I think that's a useful thing for me and my family to spend it on yeah um but no it's like so yeah I wish there was like a more sort of like funny it's like and then and then and then I had one foot in the fridge (laughs) and my baby was riding the dog kind of thing but no uh yeah it was just like not being able to sleep despite being exhausted Mm -hmm. yeah like I said I said that was on the horizon for us but we're I'm rethinking it now (laughs) so so what I would say is how old are you I'm 30. Oh, God, how old am I? 34? Okay, I'd say wait. I'd say basically... <laughs> wait until you're 50. Yeah, wait till you've done wait everything else. biologically impossible. <laughs> the thing is, though, I'm speaking to a guy that wrote a book at 15, so I'm presuming you've already done quite a lot in life that you've wanted to achieve, right? Well, no, I've really peaked at 15, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was when I was at my best. Past few years, we set up this podcast. I was 15, wrote a book, <laughs> then the podcast. That's... that's um, <laughs> That's what I've done with my life. I had a, I had a question about um, your partner is neurotypical. We've yeah. talked. I remember us saying on the Ria podcast that um, we we want to have like not like uh, we want to have like a neurotypical sort of servant to sort of do all <laughs> the things for us. 
<laughs> is that is that what you found? Someone that it's... can do all the neurotypical things. Like he's so neurotypical and he's a producer as well. So he is used to just getting things done. And so in terms of like, we moved house recently and in terms of like, it's a very privileged position that I'm in, in that I don't understand anything about our mortgage, our cars, our car. Why did I say cars? We've only got one. Jesus. (laughs) I I, I was like, oh, yeah, guys, I guess (laughs) career isn't going well. (laughs) Yeah. We've got three each. Um, No, our car. Um, I'm on top of it's funny actually I'm on top of it with all of the baby stuff like in terms of like her nursery and, and stuff like that but everything else I have no idea like every now and then he'll quiz me and be like who's our uh, who's our mortgage with and I'll be like I don't know I'm sorry I don't know and then he'll be like who like you know who's our energy provider I'm like I don't know and look the thing is I don't have to know because he's so he's like I might die Jenny <laughs> if I die how do I know you're going to function but I think I think he quite likes it in some ways. I think he likes being needed <laughs> in a way. I think I think he likes that, um, and he really is, you know. In t- so my ex was, he's got ADHD, and we were together for a long time. Our house was chaos. There was like, you could you walked in the front door and you couldn't get up the stairs because of all the unopened posts. It was like insane. So um, in that respect, it's a lot less stressful for me, but I think quite hard quite hard for him you know like in he's having to get used to things like he he's he's not like super neat freak but like I leave bras everywhere and like I I leave them on door handles because to me that's the perfect place to put a a bra yeah because it's like I'm not going to put it back in the drawer because I've worn it but I'm also not going to put it in the wash because it's it's not not dirty dirty. yeah Yeah. put it on a bra it's kind of uh, put it on a door handle it's kind of at eye level and it keeps off the floor um but to him he's like I can't but I also do it with like bags of stuff so like I'll come back from shopping with like a tote bag of stuff I'll put that on a door handle you can't shut any of the doors in our house because it's just like laden <laughs> with stuff and that's things like that sort of drive him mad but yeah I'm very lucky that in the stuff of a huge portion of the adulting that I guess you know um he he take he takes care of and thank god because you know things like taxes or like an example of um I this was before I knew I had ADHD. So as a freelancer, it's when you are you're able to um you are able to apply for some sort of maternity pay through HMRC. It's like some I don't really know how it works, but basically you're supposed to fill in this mammoth form mm. and I couldn't bring myself to do it. I just couldn't get my head around this form at all and lost out on a decent amount of money because I just couldn't get couldn't get going. And that's, I think that was something that made me think you're an idiot. It's not like you're really wealthy and, and can afford not to have this, you know, it would have been incredibly helpful, but I just didn't get my arse in gear. And I think, I think that's, that was one of the things actually that made me realize this is bad. Um, But yeah, highly recommend. I mean, I don't know. I've been with a neurotypical person and a neurodivergent person um yeah I'd go with neurotypical but I'm not sure he'd say the same thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah I can't imagine two neurotypical people they must have such an easy life oh my god very boring conversations (laughs) do you reckon it's like have you done have you done the uh council tax of course I have (laughs) have you changed the filter in the coffee machine of course I have right wait you're supposed to change that yeah I've just been just been putting new pods in Oh my God. Yeah. Ours is like constantly the light is flashing going, clean me, clean me. It's like, I will never do that. He comes home on like a Friday night after having been at work all week and he'll be like, 
uh, where are the, where are the uh, filters? I'm like, I don't think we have any. I don't know. And then I'm the next day they'll turn up. It's like he'll order them straight away and they'll arrive. And you're like, oh, good for you. It's boiling water. What? How, it can't yeah, hurt you. Exactly. It's disinfecting oh, itself. I will say, I think you might be at least that we've acknowledged the first person on the podcast who has a neurotypical partner because really? most of us yeah. yeah so yeah joe's wife has adhd my yeah. partner's adhd autistic like the neurodivergence they find each other that's interesting uh, yeah so the fact that you're with a neurotypical person it's like what's that what's that like yeah, it, it was new queen? for me. Oh my god, yes. Um, but like, it, it was new to me as well. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's. And that's another thing that made me realize that I actually, I'm still very good friends with my ex. And I called him up. I was like, you, um, you have ADHD. You need to go get diagnosed. Like, our life didn't need to be as hard as it was. Um, this is this is what it was, you know. And it's um, and he's. I don't know if he's on meds now. It's not my story to tell, I guess. Um, but you know, a uh. I think it can be because I know that my partner will like there's she's very frustrated I've got a best friend who is a, is a woman and her husband's got ADHD and so I know from and she's neurotypical I know from her point of view what sort of stuff drives her insane mm-hmm. um and she her and, and my boyfriend both talk about like like su- not support forums but like forums like on like reddit and stuff like that for partners of neurodivergent people so that they can like help understand each other's um you know help understand what's what's what in a way um and quite a depressing amount of people have broken up because it's like this is this is not a this is not something that works a dynamic that works Mm. so um so yeah i think it is quite it is a tricky one um but i also i i think one thing i've noticed doing this pocket i think that ADHD people compared to like autistic people are disproportionately like um I don't think of a way to put this but like sort of down on themselves I think a lot of like ADHD people sort of seem um more like oh like or just sort of like oh I must be very difficult and I think that like I'm very very not to be too schmaltzy about it you know I've like there obviously are things that are frustrating about um uh my elements of my ADHD wife, but actually, I think that my sort wife. of these, <laughs> there's no way of saying my wife about something like Borat, <laughs> but uh, yeah, where I, where I think you know the way that she is very excited about things and and sort of you know, and it feels like things are I never feel bored, it always feels like, um, oh, cool, we're gonna do that thing, yeah, um, you know, I think is a much more that life is a much richer life being with people like that. Um, that's nice and yeah then uh, you know than just getting um and obviously you know there are neurotypical people that can have those qualities as of well course, yeah. so i think um uh yeah you know that sort of like richness and certainly the people who i'm friends with you know who are um we, we've had andrew and neil on the podcast andrew and, and, and abaglara as well are very exciting people to know right um, because you know there's always going to be sort of new ideas new thoughts and it's um yeah so i think um i think adhd people need to have more be more positive about themselves. Oh, that's so nice. I think that's a really good point, actually, because I think it is, it is, it's just exhausting being down on yourself all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of like constantly blaming yourself for the way that things have or haven't gone. That's a nice, that's a really nice message. Thanks, Joe. I get it. I think, I think the things which are frustrating are, I get why those things are frustrating. I get why it'd be frustrating to not be able to 
do something that you want to mm. do, you know, or not yeah. get leave on time. And I see how that's very frustrating for my wife that she struggles to leave on time, even when she really, really wants to. Um, what does your wife do? Do you mind me asking? Uh, which she now works from home, so it works well. Oh, so, ideal, <laughs> ideal. So yeah, so um, but when she had jobs that she had to go out to, she was late every day. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, and that's yeah, literally. It's hard not day. to beat and up on yourself. Very, um, yeah, yeah, she found that very upsetting. I'm constantly like I have to really, and this is something that I've been trying to be more mindful of around my daughter. I noticed, or actually, my brother-in-law noticed that I, I do a lot of negative self-talk. Um, and like, I'll be like, fucking idiot, you fucked that up again. And it's like, I don't want my daughter feeling like that about herself. So mm-hmm. I, I said, because my mum does it as well. I'm pretty sure my mum's got ADHD. And so I've said to people, okay, we need to, can we just watch how we talk about ourselves? So I've had to obviously follow that. And I've realised how, yeah, these things that aren't necessarily our fault. Like, you know, I'm constantly booking the wrong thing or the wrong time or crashing the car or whatever. Granted, that could be my fault. But like, you know, sometimes you're just like, this isn't, don't, don't berate yourself for this because there's a lot of this that you can't help. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, it's different, but it's like similar to the the OCD thoughts where if you pull, if you keep going down, Mm. it's harder to get out of the spiral if you just keep talking about like, oh, this this is annoying about ADHD or yeah. I do this because of my ADHD and I don't like that there. I mean, that being said, like there's a lot of stuff I do like about having ADHD and how my brain works. Like, yeah. you know, uh, I like it's easy. I, I get easily excited by new things and that's a lot of fun. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people it's, don't have that, especially yeah. as adults. That's something yeah. that you lose. And that is a special thing. Like, uh, uh, I was working on a cruise and one day I woke up and I was like, I'm just going to go to the zoo. Cause I was, <laughs> uh, I, I was in a, a town that had a really good zoo and everyone was like, okay. And I was like, I had the best time at the Wait. Valencia biopark. My God, guys, give it a go. If you're in Valencia, 23 euro worth every penny. Amazing. Uh, yeah, but it was just like, it was just so much fun and so exciting for me to go and do this thing I've never done. And, you know, I figured out how to get myself there. And yeah. th- then I had time to go to the beach before the ship took off. Like, it was a great day. And, nice. uh, and yeah, and sometimes I think people wouldn't be nearly as excited about that sort of thing as I yeah. would say. I mean, I saw a rhinoceros. So I nearly lost my head. It was the best thing. <laughs> Because of the rhinoceros or just because it blew your mind? Uh, because did he charged. No, he didn't charge. He was standing so still. At first I was like, oh, I hope I get to see a real rhinoceros. And then his ear <laughs> flicked and I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, that is the rhinoceros. I'm in the zoo. It's happening. I haven't seen a rhinoceros since like I was a kid. Amazing. amazing. Oh, wow. I saw a gorilla pick its nose and eat it. It was the greatest day of my life. Oh my god! I, when I we were in Costa Rica at the beginning of 2020, I saw a monkey have a wank. <gasps> wow! It's their way, apparently, of like it's like it's like kind of how dogs piss everywhere and claiming territory, and it's like a sign of dominance. It's just all these little monkeys just being like, <laughs> it's so funny. Honestly, yeah, made my day. Haven't thought about anything since. Yeah, I I saw I saw I've I've went to monkey one and saw a, a monkey eat its own shit <laughs> with such. <laughs> I can't describe the what was horrible about it was the amount of relish on its face. <laughs> like, like it was the nicest thing. 
<laughs> you know, like like when women eat yogurts in like yogurt adverts. <laughs> like, oh, this is yogurt. That was the look on the smoky. Was face. he eating it from a pot with a spoon? <laughs> no, no, straight from the sauce, straight from the sauce. <laughs> oh my god, my parents have a new puppy, and he likes eating shit. And so when Buttons is over at their house, this dog, this puppy will follow Buttons around. Oh no. To the, with an open mouth so when buttons is doing a shit it doesn't even reach the floor it just goes directly into teddy's mouth it's awful it's oh, that's so horrible awful. yeah like sorry. the human centipede <laughs> yeah basically oh. yeah god sorry. yeah sorry about that image but um it's one of those things that happens so often and i can't I'm like i just feel like i need to exercise it <laughs> share a problem shares a problem hearts and i so like you said that you got diagnosed with ADHD uh, within the year your your child's been two, but you also feel like being a mother has exacerbated some of the symptoms. How have you been able to, now that you know what your diagnosis is, are, do you have any uh, networks or uh, fail-safes to help you stay in the moment or when your symptoms get a little intense to help rectify that? Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. We've moved house, so I'm like four minutes from my mum and dad who, who are retired. So, and my sister and her husband are child free. And so honestly, I say six adults to one baby is probably the right ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really lucky and I've got a really good support network, but I also, I'm just better. At, and again, my partner is better at pointing out, I guess, the things that really trigger me, the things that, you know, like when when my sleep goes, everything goes. Um, so I have to really stay on top of sleep like sometimes I will have to just go to my mom to be like here's here's a child can you look after her while I have two hours sleep because otherwise like I just fall apart basically so um Mm -hmm. that's a very nice position to be in like I say I have to really keep on top of exercise if I don't exercise almost every day um things stop things fall down a bit um so I guess it's like knowing my own little cheats and knowing no like I don't drink anymore I feel like that never that didn't help my OCD but I feel like it doesn't help with ADHD either annoyingly cutting down on sugar has massively helped I think I'm a big sugar addict and for a long time after and actually this too this might when I was still breastfeeding I was obsessed I would kept like ordering packs of 12 Krispy Kreme donuts from Deliveroo and just like getting through them um and that's when things were really bad and I I cut out sugar because someone said it was helpful and like staying on top of when to eat and things like that I feel like that's made a difference um so yeah just sort of all that but like drinking enough water and all that boring stuff like I feel like mm-hmm. on the whole I've got good enough support network I've got my child is at nursery enough so that I don't you know I do have some time to breathe um and I am back doing some work now and actually one thing that I say you know the industry doesn't want you know working mothers but in terms of like my my agents and managers and stuff like that they're all amazing they're all women and they've got children and you know they're sort of everyone's very understanding and no one's sort of asking like I need this now you know Mm -hmm. I think um so on the whole just surrounding yourself with the right people and um and doing the things that you know that are really boring and that I forget to do them a lot of the time but it can be something as simple as like, I'm like, why do I feel so shit today? It's like, oh yes, I haven't slept or eaten properly for two days. And so, yeah, it's just trying to be a bit more um, religious about that. Maybe not religious. What's the word I'm looking for? On top of it. On top of it. Diligent, maybe. That's beautiful. I like that. Thanks. 
yeah, I feel like such such a lovely tone shift from the monkey in his own shit to uh, <laughs> that sound advice. <laughs> yeah, you get it's, it's like the natural thing. You, you can't go close monkey on monkey in his own shit. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be something um, to bring it back. At the end. <laughs> yeah, monkey's your shit, but guys, make sure you're hydrated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Jenny, do you have a neurodivergent moment for us? So funnily enough, I was asking my partner this last night because I was like, can you think of something I've done recently <laughs> that's like exemplifies it? And he came up with this. I actually don't know that this is an ADHD thing. So I've got a backup if it's not. Um, so we uh, were driving to see his mother up north. Um, we have an electric car, which is a terrible idea for someone with ADHD, by the way, because I have frequently got down to 1% because I'm like, yeah, I'll charge it soon. I'll charge it soon. Um, and so anyway, when... Um, when you do a long journey, you have to split it up. So we split it up by going to Birmingham to charge the car. And we took Remington to like a soft play, something to do for an hour, basically. I got in amongst it and I lost my phone in a ball pool, um, which is like kind of chaos because you can't, you can't find it. And so I was like, okay, I don't know what to do here. Um, but in the end, like we had to go. So I was like, okay, I'm really sorry. Um, can you, you know can you guys keep an eye out for it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course, give us contact numbers so that if, you know, if we find it, we can let you know. <laughs> so I gave them my number. <laughs> and we walked out and my partner's like, just checking, you gave them my number, right? I was like, no, I gave them my, oh. <laughs> oh no. So I don't know if that's neurodivergent or fucking dumb. <laughs> that is neurodivergent. Do you reckon? I'm going to go ahead and say that's neurodivergent. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And it took me a while to be like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I've actually lost so many phones and so many ball pits. Um, but they come back to you in the end. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like a boomerang. There's balance in the universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, other than that, the other day I went to the park for a two hour walk and I left my car door wide open the whole time. Oh, wow. Fine. Nothing went. <laughs> Yeah. That's the thing. Sometimes you lose your phone. Sometimes you get a free car when you go. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes together. Yeah, it all works out. Uh, Jenny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank real, you. Real quick, how do people find you? You have a show, presumably tonight. By the presumably time. tonight, yeah, on the twenty first, twenty second, Soho Theatre. Uh, it may have been yesterday. I don't know. Um, and I'm on Instagram and. Twitter I was on Twitter but then instead of accident I tried to deactivate it and I accidentally deleted it so now I've gone from like a lot of followers to like a hundred um but it's fine it's apparently no one uses Twitter anymore today and I've just joined TikTok so it's all uh Jenny Bead awesome cool thank you so much thank you thank you you very much Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jenny B. She was fantastic. Absolutely lovely. Love that girl. So nice. And we got to see her dog, Buttons, or as she pronounces it, Buttons! <laughs> How do you say it? I hope there's going to be some Buttons content on the social media, certainly on the Patreon. We should put some Buttons content up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure Buttons goes in. We will for sure. Um, hey, Joe, uh, Neurodivergent Moments. 
Uh, do you have any? Do we want to do listeners first or do we want to do ours first? Um, I have one. I've, I've been, as as was discussed earlier, I've, I've been traveling the world and went to Aberdeen uh, last week. Um, I didn't drive. I flew to Aberdeen. Uh, I was at a conference. It was like an HR conference type thing about neurodiversity. It was a lot of fun. I recommended you to them, by the way, just so you know. Oh, thank I said you. get Abigail next year. Um, but uh, there was, it was the first... Uh, beginning of the, of the um, event, there was a panel and I was talking about how a lot of accommodations are very easy to make. And, you know, we should just make those accommodations and not. And I realized the whole time I was wearing like a like a suit shirt that was very uncomfortable. And I hate doing stand up in like a suit shirt. And I had some stand up. And also it was a shirt that I'd worn. So it sort of like felt worn. I changed my clothes a lot over the day. Um, so I just wore a T-shirt for the second section. And uh, because I'd done that, um, done that bit where I'd spoken about uh allowing people to sort of wear what clothes they want or um feel comfortable i felt like i was able to to wear a t-shirt at this corporate gig where everyone else was in suits oh that's beautiful yeah oh people should just the the i think the age of smart dress for work will come to an end it's a ridiculous thing yeah i was listening to a uh podcast you're wrong about and Hmm. I, i I don't watch a lot of late night, so I didn't realize it. But when she pointed it out, I was like, oh, my gosh. So over lockdown, Seth Meyers started to do his show, I think, because it was all in Zoom, just in like a sweater. Like he looked right. nice, but he was in a sweater. He's like a late night talk show host. He's a person. late night right. talk show host where late night talk show hosts in America famously always wear a suit. Hmm. And when it came, when uh, all the lockdowns lifted and they were back in studio, he didn't put back on the suit. Because you don't need to, because it's freaking 1130 at night and everyone's watching you in their pajamas. Yeah. And a lot of them are the sort of like comedy people, you know, they're not, um, it's not a formal event, is it? It's like a, a comedy chat show. Yeah. It's from days gone by. It's from, yeah. yeah. People do it because Carson did it. And uh, Carson was very good at his job, but he also had a lot of bad ideas. So let's, let's move <laughs> forward, shall we? Do you have a neurodivergent moment? Yeah, my, neuro- one. my neurodivergent moment is uh, I have recently become, as much as I love cooking, overwhelmed with the idea of cooking for myself or planning food in any sort of way whatsoever. So I just said, fuck it and ordered myself a bunch of ready meals and I put them in the freezer and I'm not, I'm not going to try. I'm not, I'm not planning any food. I'm just going to grab stuff out and eat whatever it is. Cause I, I'm, I'm done. I'm tired think, of food. Are these right good now. quality ready meals? Seems very cook? select. Oh, okay. That is good. Have you been to cook? No. What's cook? It's like, it's like the sort of, um, the waitrose of ready meals. So they sell frozen ready meals, but they're all like really nice. Um, there's a big shop in in um well there's a there's a shop in Petersfield I'm sure there's loads in London check them out okay cook it, it, so it's not in Waitrose it's ready meal no it's it's but it's the same clientele <laughs> ah okay of, uh, yeah they're 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 they're, they're good food but yeah. Sainsbury's is good too Jamie Oliver endorsed yeah yeah oh good old Jamie I think <laughs> I'm the only one in this country he doesn't annoy. <laughs> well you didn't have your school dinners ruined by him yeah that's true that, that's that why would everyone, be true. Uh, i just i just got away from it but yeah he took away our um our battered food oh. <laughs> which was probably really bad um we've got some listener ones 
Yeah. Uh, shall I go first? Go for it. Okay. If you think this is a bad idea, tell me and I'll do a different Oh, so I should, for the listener, Abigail, when we were deciding what we wanted to do, went, oh, I've got one. It might be a bad idea to read this out, but I'll do it anyway. I'm a bit scared, but let's right. do it. This is the reason why I think it's mean is because this is a uh, unknown neurodivergent moment. Dear okay. Abigailia and Josh, <laughs> I came across Josh's stand up through my Instagram infinite scrolling and later learned about your podcast. After listening to a few episodes, I am become. I am coming to terms with understanding that I probably have ADHD. I am 38 years old and it is mind blowing. Even though my brother and mother are diagnosed, I never thought I had it because I was good uh, in good in quotations at school with every episode. I just hear you describe my life in the most accurate way. I wanted to thank you because first of all, I want to get diagnosed and also for helping me find my tribe and taking off loads of blame and shame off my back. If you're ever in Berlin, let me know. I am an Israeli expat here. Uh, thank you so much. I'm not going to say your name out loud because I didn't have permission. Uh, I, I I know that's an email of compliments, but what you didn't know is uh, your neurodivergent <laughs> moment hidden in the first two sentences. Uh, you didn't see Josh's stand up. You saw Joe's stand up. <laughs> Names are just a construct. I'll be Josh this week. <laughs> yeah, it'd be Josh. I love I'll it. List, as in a tribute, I will, I will list it as featuring Josh <laughs> in, the, uh, in, in the podcast link. Oh, yeah. Don't confuse people who don't click on it. I just thought it was so cute because it's a really, really sweet message. And thank you so much for sending it. Thank you. And it just, I don't know, there's something about the fact that you found Joe's stand-up and you're like, Josh is great. (laughs) Um, But thank you. Thank you so much for the sweet email. I have a beautiful one from Rachel. This is, uh, um, well, it begins with true story. I hope that all the, the stories we've been sending in are true. Um, but this is a, a definitely a true story from Rachel. Um, she says, when I was six, I was in a school assembly and the head teacher was cautioning us all on the dangers of smoking. She said, and I quote, for every cigarette you smoke, you will lose 10 minutes of your life. I decided there and then that as soon as I was old enough, I would smoke at least one cigarette because then I could live the rest of my life free from the fear that I would ever come to a sudden and painful end. <laughs> If I was ever destined to be hit by a bus or a piano drop on my head, it would be okay because smoking that cigarette meant that I just dropped dead 10 minutes before. (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, I wish that's how it really worked. It ensures you against a painful sudden death. That was lovely, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, keep sending in your neurodivergent moments. Uh, you can email us at neurodivergentmomentspod at gmail.com or get to us on the socials. I am Josh Wells Comedy <laughs> on all the socials. And I am at Abigailia on all socials. And of course, uh, the podcast itself is on Twitter and Instagram, uh, NDM underscore podcast. So come and say hi to us there. See you there. Bye, everyone. Bye, Josh. Bye.